Welcome back to this week's episode of The Emily Show. A lot is going on in the world, but I have been promising an update on what in the world is going on with Britney Spears. And now that we have multiple court dates in 2023, we have to talk about what has been going on, what is still to come, and the fact that it looks like there might actually be a trial over the 12th accounting, literally what? I know. Today's been a whole day. We'll talk about it as we get into this episode, just briefly. Emily, is the podcast going to have a quick bits? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Things have been happening. Things have been happening. So as we get into that, we are. it's just time to do a kind of catch up and recap of where we are with Brittany's case. This case is not back in court until the beginning of 2023. We'll talk about what motions are coming up in January and what motions are literally going over to May. Literally till May. Maybe I just need to go. I feel like the May hearing, we're going to learn a lot, or the court is just going to punt again and set another date because no one's discovery is done. What's more realistic at this point? Probably the latter. Either way, we need to talk about it. It's time to get into this week's episode of The Emily Show. Hey there. Welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years. I'm a former prosecutor, and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. A huge Thank you to our sponsor, Green Chef. You know, this is the time of year where I find myself just wanting to eat cookies for dinner, and that doesn't really work well for me most of the time. Sometimes I just lean in, but Green Chef has made it so easy to get dinner on the table in a fresh and delicious way that I have not been so tempted. Why? Because dinner is just ready when it's time to eat. And Green Chef incorporates some incredible sauces which is not something I normally include in my cooking, but they make it so easy by sending your meal kit straight to your door with fresh ingredients with a menu of up to 35 nutritious and flavorful meals to choose from a week. And they include all the ingredients you need to put a meal together. They have easy step-by-step instructions and they fit almost every eating plan you can imagine. Keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, low carb, or just a more balanced meal. We had a really incredible pork with like a Dijon sauce. It was so good. My husband is like, we're saving this sauce and putting it on everything we eat for the rest of the week. And we have. So if you are ready to try Green Chef, they have an incredible deal for you. Even if you just want to try it to make cooking a little easier during the holiday season when we are all so busy. Go to greenchef.com slash emilybaker130 and use code emilybaker130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That's right. Code emilybaker130 at greenchef.com. Find out for yourself why Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Let's get back into today's episode. Well, a lot has been going on in the Britney Spears conservatorship a year since it ended. It's been over a year since it ended in November 2021. Some of you are like, Emily, how in the world 
is stuff still happening in the Britney Spears conservatorship because money, that's why. They are still fighting over the year 12 accounting. The judge is getting a little annoyed about why the year 13 accounting is not in yet now that we are a year after the end of year 13. But we finally have resolution on one of the motions I hated the most, which we will get into. I'm sure you can guess. I'm sure you can guess which motion I have hated the most over on YouTube. I yelled at least two episodes about this motion. We have resolution. We have resolution on literally like two things and nothing else. All of the stuff that really matters, all of the money stuff is still pending. Are James Spears' lawyers going to get paid? Are the new lawyers going to get paid? How much are the lawyers going to get paid? What's going to happen with media matters? What's going to happen with the 12th accounting? Is Sam Ingham getting paid? Most of what's going on has to do with money, but there's also an issue of discovery. The process by which either side gets information from the other, and you'll remember the last time we talked about this case, James Spears was trying to get a deposition of Britney Spears where she could be put under oath and peppered with questions by his attorneys. The court immediately no, immediately no. But in that process, there were lots of objections, lots of motions filed, lots of back and forth. James Spears actually sat for a deposition in August. Rosengard is asking for another deposition as this extensive discovery process continues to unfold. It seems as if Rosengard is still trying to figure out where all the money has gone and is trying to get depositions from TriStar, from Robin Greenhill, from James Spears again, and figure out not just where the money went, how much TriStar was being paid, and who was surveilling Britney Spears, and whether there's anything else that can happen with that. But it's been over a year since all that information came to light, and we haven't seen much happen outside of just these conservatorship proceedings. So we're going to take a look at a tweet thread uh, from Liz Day that happened back in October, and we will pull that up and take a look together kind of about her work. She did a lot with, well, not just with covering this case and being in court for this case, but in writing for the New York Times and helping that whistleblower documentary come to light. So we will go take a look at what Liz Day has to say. But I remember not that long ago, at the top of the show, while I was still looking for the button to play my intro, there's been a lot going on today. Yes, we have not talked about it in content here, but it is all over the internet, especially in the YouTube space. There's a lot of YouTubers who talk about cryptocurrency. So the head of, of FTX, SBF, because everybody just goes by three letters. Hey, I'm EDB. That's <laughs> what we do now. We just all, we're going to all go by emoji soon. But right now, it's all the three letters. But there's a four-letter agency that's involved, the Southern District of New York, and the U.S. attorneys for the Southern District of New York have issued an arrest warrant. The Bahamas arrested um, SBF. Sam Bankman fried, freed, fraud him, uh, has been arrested. We should see the indictment after I'm recording this, but before it goes live. So I will be talking about the indictment if we have it in time for my show either on Tuesday or on Thursday to see how many counts of wire fraud, other banking institution frauds, if we violated rules of the Security and Exchange Commissions, does a crypto um, kind of bank, it's not, it was a token, yes, but it was a token and an exchange, does that count as a security and the Wild West of it all? But, you know, the 
the stunning collapse. We might have to do a whole episode just, you know, it's pop culture. We're not going deep into crypto bro territory. That is not this podcast or my channel or what I have the mental energy for. But a ton of influencers that have been promoting crypto have been sued. I talked a little bit about Kim Kardashian paying a massive fine to the SEC, but there's others. So in that context, we might have to go over some of these lawsuits where the influencers that shared these tokens um, and exchanges are now being sued for their influence in helping other people put their money in and not get it back out. So there's a lot to talk about there. Let me know if you're interested. I'm always curious. Are we interested? Are we like, ugh, more crypto bros, gross. You tell me, you tell me. But I want to cover the influencery lawsuit side of the whole thing because I find that to be fascinating. Like, can influencers be sued? Like, what if everybody was like, yo, smart water doesn't make me smart and I'm going to sue Jennifer Aniston. Would that work? I don't think so. But, you know, Red Bull got sued for not giving you wings and that absolutely worked. So maybe we're going to have to talk about it. We're going to have to, you're going to have to let me know if you want to talk about it in your reviews of the show on the podcast and in your comments on the YouTube channel. Let me know. Let's go take a look at what Liz Day had to say. All right. I am putting this tweet thread in reader mode, literally my favorite feature on Twitter. I think it's a Twitter blue feature. I think it's the only reason I paid for Twitter blue. It doesn't matter. At this point, I'm like, whatever. This is the best feature ever is I can change this into a reader thread. And then Twitter basically becomes a blog for all of you that are listening on the audio only. It really does blogify a tweet thread. It makes it so much easier to read. So this is coming from Liz Day's Twitter back in, oh, I said the date and then I forgot. October 14th um, was this tweet thread ahead of the first court date we're going to be talking about together, October 26th. So. Here's kind of her road so far of this case, um, kind of of the the topics that she's been interested in following along with, because we all know the 12th accounting is still outstanding. We all know. We all know the we all know that that's still going on. Number one, Jamie Spears's lawyer is asking the court to force whistleblower Alex Valslav to hand over his evidence of Jamie and Black Box Securities surveillance of Britney Spears during her conservatorship. A brief recap of how we got to this point, which is kind of a mess. Agreed. Hard agree. It is kind of a mess. Last year, Valslav went public in a New York Times investigation alleging that Jamie and his security firm ran an intense surveillance operation that spied on Britney's text in real time and secretly recorded her in her bedroom. Just an aside. As I was going through my research document in this case, I do like to review things from the beginning of the conservatorship because things New things stand out to me the more distance I have and the longer I've been covering this case. But there was a request for payment from James Spears right at the beginning of the conservatorship when it's still temporary. He's asking for $2,500 a week in payment for himself. And we know he got paid that through the entirety of the conservatorship, that $2,500 roughly a week. Plus, he was getting money for rent for his quote-unquote office. In that same motion by Vivian Theren, in that same motion, He's talking about not being able to do his job as a caterer where he was making $65 an hour. It said in the motion that he was literally working like 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the conservatorship. I almost fell out of my fucking chair. I'm like, this lawyer wrote literally 24-7. 
in the motion about how much work James Spears is doing to make this conservatorship permanent. Either way, one of the things that stood out to me in going back and looking at this again with hindsight now knowing about the surveillance is they were asking for money to buy new cars or lease new cars that Britney was paying for so security could travel with her all the time. So in the things we've seen from Britney um, prior to the conservatorship and even right at the beginning of the conservatorship, the girl enjoys a convertible. She lives in California, put the top down and, and get it. But two-door convertibles definitely weren't going to work for her to travel with this massive security team. So the requests were even before the conservatorship was permanent to lease new vehicles that would fit the security protocol that they were putting around her. And now we're looking at the fact that this security protocol at some point is alleged to have started to include doing an iCloud backup of all of her communications, lawyer and everyone else, so that they were spying on her, bugging her bedroom. And of course, that wasn't right at the beginning of the conservatorship, but its security was. So it's just interesting to see what was going on with the money, even from the beginning. Oh, and it also said that there needed to be like a prepaid card or a credit card or like a debit card where Brittany could have $1,500 a week for her expenses. I mean, it seemed throughout the course of the conservatorship, she wasn't allowed to make the decisions on how to spend that, but that was the money they were asking for for her. $2,500 for her dad a week, $1,500 for her a week. Oh, and they needed to lease a car. So all the bodyguards that were with her all the time. And I understand she's a celebrity and needs security, but I wonder how that made her feel. Because when we heard her speak in court about how she felt about all of this, it was not positive. Back to the tweet thread, wherein we're talking about the whistleblower um, who shared text emails and recording to back up his claims about Britney's ongoing, essentially wiretapping and surveillance. It then goes on to say a few days later, Jamie was suspended as Britney's conservator a few days after this New York Times piece. Soon after, the judge terminated the conservatorship completely, a move Jamie had first requested. That was a very interesting time in court filings. But the court case wasn't over. Both sides are still fighting over money. Yeah, this court case is long from over, potentially years from over, which infuriates me. Britney's lawyer, Rosengart, publicly promised his firm would do a deep investigation into the conservatorship, including whether Britney's money was mismanaged. Headlines proclaimed Britney was on a mission to get justice, and then the general public stopped paying as close attention. It goes on to say Jamie got a new lawyer, Alex Weingarten, who promptly filed for Britney to pay his ongoing legal fees. Yeah, that, that happened. It's not the filing that made me the most angry. But it's it's up there. It's up there with Emily Anger, but it didn't make me the most angry. But yes, he did. Weingarten sure did that. They're still fighting. That motion's still pending about whether the yeeted conservator is entitled to have his attorney's fees paid for by the former conservatee, e.g. Britney Spears. Rosengart filed an objection called the Albati Declaration. I, I think this is what Liz Day is calling it in, internally. But this objection to the Weingarten motion for fees included all of the tea. Just it had that entire declaration about the surveillance and cited the New York Times heavily, which has led Weingarten, just as an aside, when I was in court watching, 
The shade that was thrown towards Liz Day, her reporting has been great, but it clearly ruffled some feathers. But the shade that was thrown of like, we can't just rely on what like the New York Times says. It was kind of funny because it's like, um, it's not the New York Times speaking. The New York Times was the vehicle. The person speaking was an employee of Black Box. So it's interesting when they try to downplay it to be like, oh, this reporter wrote this thing. No, no. No, no, this is a whistleblower from the inside. You know what took down Theranos? A whistleblower. It's a powerful, powerful thing. Back to the tweet then, thread. She goes on to say, um, the objection called the Abadi Declaration, which summarized Jamie's misconduct, heavily citing Balsov's surveillance claim as why Brittany shouldn't have to pay. Shouldn't have to pay for Yedid's new lawyers as the former conservator. Goes on to say, as part of his investigation, Rosengart filed subpoenas to Jamie and Brittany's former business manager, TriStar, about potential financial mismanagement and electronic surveillance. TriStar filed to block the subpoenas. A court hearing was set for July 2022, nine months later, nine months after the subpoenas were filed. And then that court date got postponed and postponed, and it just got ruled on. We're going to look at that. Seven, in response, Jamie filed to depose Brittany, rage, I felt rage, to ask about child safety and possible drug use, per TMZ, is what the tweet thread says. We don't know. I I think he was also trying to harass her and then trying to put, because the motions were so gaslighty, I think he was trying to intimidate her and put her on blast in these motions and try to rehabilitate his image as a good guy. Rehabilitate, by the way. And and talking about James Spears' image is something his attorneys have said in court multiple times. Like, you know, everyone's gotten it wrong. We need to show the truth. And so I think some of these motions were James Spears' misguided attempts to, like, share their side of the story or tell, tell the truth. You're the conservator. There's no truth to be told. Your job was to look out for someone else's best interest. You're being investigated for not doing that. There's no you know, tea to be had, spilled, or drank. Just shh, stop it. But filed to try to depose Brittany. And then it seemed was trying to be like, well, if you give me what I want, I'll give you what you want. And trying to bargain or negotiate um, not deposing Brittany. The court ended up just denying it, which was really the only sane option for the judge. I think the only legal option as well. The tweet thread goes on to say this set off a flurry of filings as Jamie and Brittany tried to force each other's depositions. To, to what cost to her, by the way? Lots. We're going to see some of how much these motions cost in a little bit as we look at a motion for sanctions. In July, the judge said Jamie must be deposed, but not Brittany. A big win for Brittany. And then there are images of, um, images of reports. Jamie also tried to get Brittany's investigative files, including Vaslov's recordings from Kroll, but that got denied too. Weingarten filed appeals, but the court had not yet has not yet ruled. He he said he was going to after that hearing. He he said he was absolutely going to file appeals. He also wants to unseal certain records. He said defend Jamie. Back to trying to prove that Jamie essentially deserves a gold star for his work as Britney's conservator, like his noble his noble task, you know. <sighs> Keep reading, Emily, or we're never going to finish this episode. Yes, yes, yes. Jamie was deposed in August. 
It goes on to say, soon after TMZ reported on settlement talks claiming Rosengart offered to end things for $7 million, but TriStar and Jamie balked. I don't know how I feel about that. Presumably, whatever amount they ultimately settle for would come in exchange for Britney giving up the right to sue for anything related to the conservatorship. I would, I agree with Liz Day on that. They, they wouldn't just settle without rights to sue being given up. And then there are some pictures of the TMZ um, article. I still think that TMZ clearly has someone inside who works with the conservators or the, cons- the former conservators and uh, tends to put things out that are that tend to shed a little bit more favorable light on them. Um, this article was talking about Rosengart scrambling to settle things and what have you. I thought it was interesting uh, to see that reporting. The tweet that goes on to say September 24th marked one year since the whistleblower went public and important legal deadlines expire. Uh, expired. Statutes of limitations for criminal prosecution have essentially passed. I've, and this is Liz Day speaking in her tweet thread, I've asked all levels of law enforcement and there's no indication of an investigation being pursued. She goes on to say it was also the deadline for Brittany or others to file a separate civil lawsuit against Jamie slash Black Box Security for invasion of privacy. California law allows for a $5,000 penalty for each text, which given the huge trove of text in Valsolf's evidence could have amounted to many millions. And then it cites to a footnote. Uh, the footnote says, Brittany's opposition continues on to discuss allegations of a recording device in Brittany's home. These allegations are irrelevant to whether the Abadi Declaration violates the rules of evidence. Electronic surveillance is especially irrelevant because Brittany's counsel let the statute of limitations expire and can no longer bring any invasion of privacy claims. And then it quotes a case saying the statute of limitations in which to commence an action for invasion of privacy is one year. It's correct. That's the date of the case. It goes on and then says, we learned about these allegations along with the rest of the world on September 24th or 25th, 2021, when we all read the front page New York Times expose that we issued accompanied by, a do- that was issued accompanied by a documentary. Brittany's opposition is factually inaccurate and misleading on this topic, but that, again, is irrelevant to what is before the court to decide. Weingarten, and this is a footnote seemingly coming from a Weingarten declaration that is clipped into this tweet thread, Weingarten um, has really seemingly been trying to argue back uh, against Rosengart's perceived grandstanding. Weingarten says often, like, this is not relevant to what we're doing here. This is just a soliloquy, like he's just making a speech. So I'm not surprised we see this footnote saying this, the surveillance isn't relevant to anything we're dealing with. If they wanted to sue for invasion of privacy, they should have done it. They didn't. Uh, Too bad. And again, that should be within Britney's decision. Does Britney want to pursue that or does Britney want to pursue answers? They shouldn't be mutually exclusive, but sometimes they are. And by that, I mean, if there's an active or ongoing criminal investigation, it's much easier for people to plead the fifth and say, I'm not speaking. There's an active criminal investigation going on. I'm not giving a deposition. When those statutes have passed and there's not going to be criminal action, uh, it's much easier to force someone to a deposition. Now, whether they answer and tell the truth and can be sued for perjury or prosecuted for perjury is a whole nother story aside from here. Let's get back to this tweet thread. It says, a few days ago, the judge ruled TriStar execs Lou Taylor and Robin Greenhill 
must be deposed, including about surveillance. But a big win for TriStar is she limited discovery to only be about the 12th accounting, i.e. how Britney's money was spent in 2019, not any of the 10 years prior. Britney's team argued TriStar's financial books lacked crucial backup, such as invoices and cash receipts, including to explain why payments were made to TriStar. They're still trying to get a contract between TriStar and Britney, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, And then they said they wanted emails and texts about TriStar's conservatorship and then clipped some or screenshotted some court documents talking about the ongoing discovery with TriStar. Some of that we will get into today in a little more depth. Also alleged TriStar produced only the net income of her tours, not the gross revenues, i.e. how much Britney was left after expenses, not how much money her work generated overall. Come on. When people are asking for how much someone made in this context with Discovery, they're not asking for net. Why don't you know the gross? Like, what is going on with this money? The tweet thread goes on to say cited emails suggest some expensive, some expenses may have been paid outside of the estate. And then it says in parentheses, and court oversight, question mark. And this is citing from, it's just a clipped screenshot of the motion saying, Kroll, ha- Kroll, which is an investigative agency that is working with Britney Spears's team to kind of parse through all of this, Kroll has not been provided with invoices or underlying financial backup documentation, communications, or correspondence related to Ms. Spears' tours. Instead, TriStar has only purported to produce the quote-unquote net income of the tours, making it impossible for Kroll to evaluate the gross revenue and rule out that TriStar or other persons or entities received money directly from one or more of the tours that would not be reflected in the QuickBooks data maintained by TriStar or in the accountings filed with the court. This is not an idle concern. Electronic communications obtained from Ms. Spears' former counsel, Freeman Freeman and Smiley, partially redacted copies of which are attached as Exhibit A, show that TriStar representatives were involved in multiple conversations surrounding the actual or potential payment of conservatorship costs or fees from outside the estate in a manner that would avoid the need for court approval. Moreover, counsel for TriStar has refused multiple requests from counsel to verify the, quote, total revenues TriStar received, end quote, from Brittany and the estate or the estate. November 2, 2021, letter from Matthew Rosengart to Scott Edelman, a true and correct copy, uh, Edelman being the lawyer, a true and correct copy of which is annexed as as Exhibit B. And then it has another little clip of what looks like an exhibit, and it says, bill pay. Our fees have been paid by record company through Robin. B, explain structure of why expenses not paid through conservatorship. C, does court approve fees of Jody and her attorneys as C or For confidential reasons, are those also paid through record company without court approval? D, does record company pay for all persons working with Jane? Question mark. If so, what is the process for approval? Who approves? I'm going to sidebar for just a moment. But before I do that, we need to thank today's sponsor. Look, our sponsors allow me to keep covering topics, all the kinds of topics, and having the conversations. So before I rant a little bit about where the fuck the money is going, a big thank you to our sponsor. Well, it must be a holiday miracle. 
because Manscaped is sponsoring this episode of The Emily Show. You know, Manscaped is just stuffing stockings. I mean, at least that's all they're stuffing. With everything your partner could ask for. That's right. This holiday season, Manscaped is here to take care of the hair down there. Though I got it, you know, you know that the nose hair trimmer is, is are my favorite. I use their other products, but the nose hair trimmers are my favorite. But if you want to make sure that his ornaments and tree are standing bright, you can do that too. You Sometimes you just need to trim the bushes or whatever. And if you don't believe in Santa, you can ask the 7 million men that have found that Manscaped has helped their jingle bells keep jingling. So get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code Lawnard. You still have time to make sure that the gift that keeps on giving arrives in time for the holidays. And it's not just grooming products. Oh no, I love the shower gel for my teen because it's not overly scented like some products, but it still has a very pleasant scent. I'm telling you, the products are great. And I love that they're in aluminum bottles really easy for the shower, and I don't have to worry about anybody breaking anything. And their deodorant is very easy to use. Also, teen approved in this house. So get 20% off and free shipping while supporting the show at manscaped.com with code LAWNARD. Cheers to rocking the best present this holiday season. A gift for them, but also a gift for you. Let's get back to today's episode. And now we're back so I can rant. Because this is a bold exhibit with those part or connected to TriStar seeming to discuss how to get around the court approval process. If they are getting around the court approval process and that can be proven, it might open up some doors for later discovered fraud. Part of the problem that Brittany and her attorneys will face in going after uh, those who were a part of this conservatorship is that Sam Ingham was signing off along with the court on all of these court documents. And it's something that I've said, look, there's supposed to be court oversight. Well, if they're fucking around outside of the court reportings with her money and no one's looking at gross receipts because everyone is benefiting, everyone was benefiting, everyone. And her dad's taking like percentages of the tour, which is such a horrible conflict, and getting paid $2,500 a week Plus, plus Sam Ingham was approved for like $10,000 a week for costs and fees on account, which means it just needed to be paid. And then he could turn that in later a week at the beginning of the conservatorship. Everyone in this conservatorship made money from Britney Spears. But when you have emails going around on the bill pay, like, oh, is it for confidentiality reasons that we need to pay this? without court approval through the record company? What record company? Is this another entity of Britney's? This is what I wonder. Is this another entity of Britney's, another business entity that they were funneling money through so it wasn't accounted for by the conservatorship? Because it sure seems like it was. That's how it seems. That's how it seems. That Britney is making money for everyone else. And all of the questions... All of the questions behind the scenes are, well, not behind the scenes, the conversations we're having are, how how did the court not see this? Well, this might have been how. 
And what should be the net worth of Britney Spears' estate given everything? Tours, television shows, CDs, perfume, licensing deals in the U.S. and abroad. Where is the net worth? And I just wonder, her dad is in charge of these contracts with TriStar. I wonder how much those contracts showed where payments were being made to. And I hope that Rosengart, as a former prosecutor, gets his hand on those contracts and continues to follow the money. Because if this was being done behind the back of Sam Ingham, who was looking at what was being reported to the court and asking some questions at some point about those, not enough questions, clearly, then maybe this opens things up to look back all the way to the beginning of the conservatorship. And I hope at some point that is done to at least get the depositions and at least get the documents. But they won't know until they have all the documents, which is why this fight over discovery is so important. Okay, done ranting. The tweet thread from Liz Day goes on to say, however, the judge ruled that Brittany can't just reopen the old financial books, i.e. how much money was spent 2008 to 2018, unless Rosengart raises evidence of extrinsic fraud in the prior accountings that had been approved by Brittany's old lawyers and others. It's a much more eloquent way of my saying my rant. But a 2019 email suggests Brittany's then-lawyer, Sam Ingham, apparently may not have fully known who was making what percent off of Brittany, which raises the question of how good was his information. So did Ingham know? And if Ingham didn't know, you might have an extrinsic fraud argument. There's a lot more going on in this case, which is why we are not out of the woods yet. This is an email from Sam Ingham, December 23rd, 2019, to Geraldine Wilde, Gerald S. Cohen regarding budget. And it says, good morning, Jerry and Gerald. Hope you are both enjoying the holiday season. It's very lawyerly to be sending out emails on the 23rd. It's like, we're trying to finish up the year. We're almost done, I swear. It goes on to say, I'm writing to follow up on our previous discussions of the 2020 budget. My client wants to start planning her travel for early next year, and we need to know what funds will be available. Let the girl go on vacation. It would also be very helpful if you could provide a list of all individuals and firms currently being paid by the conservatorship and its entities as percentages. Ideally, this would include the name, percentage, fee basis, and contract expiration date. Finally, I'm wondering if you've been able to check into alternatives for the production team on the next record album. I like that it says record album. I think it's kind of funny. Thanks. Best regards, Sam. So did Sam Ingham know or not know all of who was being paid and and why wasn't he asking more is a big question here. But if he didn't know, it gives room to argue her lawyer didn't sign off on this. If her lawyer's signing off on this, that argument is foreclosed. And then maybe you can turn around and try to sue someone saying that they did not represent you well. That would be a very difficult uphill battle when I think what they really want is to get answers about what was going on with her money in this conservatorship. It then says limiting discovery to the 12th accounting is a big deal because the amount of money in dispute that Brittany could get back is not a lot. And then Liz Day goes on to list 300,000 raised to TriStar after Brittany went on a work strike, 150,000 in legal fees when Lou Taylor sued a fan, 800,000 accounting fee uh, TriStar got after Vegas canceled. It says 600000 is not a lot, even on 
Uh, everyone on all sides has almost certainly spent more on legal fees at this point. I mean, sometimes in a year, more than 600000 on legal fees. It said Britney could file more objections, but all of the current objections of alleged financial mismanagement during the 12th accounting were filed by Sam Ingham, not Rosengart. And then it gets back to Alex Voslov saying in August, after being blocked from getting them from Brittany and Kroll, Weingarten subpoenaed Voslov for the recordings and other evidence of alleged illegal spying. Voslov's lawyer opposed, in part invoking his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, right because crimes, and there's screenshots of that motion attached. And then it says, so now Weingarten is asking the court to force Voslov to hand over all recordings, texts that support his claims, all documents related to Brittany or Jamie, including any with Brittany's lawyers, Kroll and PR agencies, all comms with the New York Times. That's not going to happen. 2,500 in sanctions for, quote, unjustified shenanigans. That is the direct quote. That is the direct quote. And then there are um, screenshots from two motions regarding this. And it has the requests listed out. And the direct quote is an award of at least $2,500 in sanctions for the unjustified shenanigans necessitating this motion. That's what Weingarten wrote. Look, Weingarten, I appreciate the snappy turn of phrase. I don't know if the court is entertained because I think really that your motion for sanctions, and now this is kind of, we've thrown open the motion for sanctions bucket like we're just there now. People are just swinging that around all over the place. But um, the motion for sanctions is coming up. But I don't think unjustified shenanigans is what's going to do it for the court. And in fact, we're going to see the court's displeasure with Weingarten in just a minute here in a transcript from this October hearing that's attached to a motion for sanctions. Was that too on the nose? No, it was a great segue. The tweet thread finishes out with the next court date is set for Wednesday. We're going to see some of a transcript from that court date. When the judge is expected to decide on Weingarten's request to throw out the Abadi Declaration, spoiler, they didn't. Rosengart's filing arguing why Brittany shouldn't be made to pay for Jamie's lawyer. That's been continued. What Brittany wants in all of this is unknown. But coming up on the one-year mark of the end of the conservatorship, it's also unclear what justice might look like. And then it finishes with, and what the cost to get it will be. Which I think are very good questions that many have been left with. Looking at the court continuing motions, now the 12th accounting motion into May um, of 2023. What is it going to take for there to be answers in this case? And how much, not just money, but stress is Brittany going to be under trying to get there? So let's take a look at all of the rulings. We're going to look at rulings from two court dates, and then we will look at a few motions. So the first court date, we're going to look at what happened at the October court date. Then we're going to look at what happened at this most recent December court date through the minute orders. So we have an idea of where we are. And then we will just look at some of the back and forth that's going on in motion work. And then we will say goodbye. Okay, I'm overruling myself. The first thing we are looking at is a motion to withdraw related to my least favorite motion ever that comes right before the hearing on October 26th. So we're going all the way back to October 24th, 2022, which feels like it was yesterday and 100 years ago all at once. Maybe it's because it gets dark at like 4.15 now and 
my days all start to blend together because it's that weird wintery time, but maybe not. Who knows? This is a motion that needed to happen a million years ago. No, that's not true. This is a motion related to a motion that never should have happened. Ever. This is filed by the attorneys for Lynn Spears, withdrawal of Lynn Spears's petition for payment of attorney's fees and cost advanced. Y'all, the fact that Lynn Spears even filed a motion for attorney's fees blew my mind. I yelled and yelled. I just, I can't believe it at all. I can't believe it literally. How, how do you think you're entitled to attorney's fees? You're not the conservator. You don't work for the conservator. You, I will link the videos of me ranting about this motion down below. But this motion says, Lynn Spears, an interested party and mother of former conservative Brittany Jean Spears, hereby withdraws her petition for reimbursement of attorney's fees in the instant matter, which is set for hearing on October 26, 2022, calendar number 5002, filed by her attorneys, Lynn Swanson and Yasha Bronstein. Good. There were no legal grounds where she was entitled to attorney's fees. And the argument just in quick summary, Emily, it's never quick. Yes, a little bit sometimes. Was that she was the one who got the ball rolling on Sam Ingham doing something and someone had to interject and it was her and she was the one that kind of helped get the conservatorship on track where it was going to get um, terminated. That was her doing when she showed up in like 2019 and started asking what was going on in the conservatorship. So she thought her attorney fees should be paid for by Brittany for her as a mother interceding in this conservatorship to try to figure out what was going on and try to remove Jamie as the conservator of the person and estate. Yeah, so I'm thrilled that that motion was withdrawn. The court didn't need to go over it. It, it shouldn't have been filed. Personal opinion shouldn't have been filed. All right. We're looking at October 26, 2022 minute orders. This first one is for a motion to seal filed on August 1st, 2022. Uh, there's a scathing discussion with the court about this because James Spears's attorney Weingarten filed as exhibits documents that had already been sealed. No, can't do that. We'll hear more about it from the court. The court. It, it seems fairly passive in a lot of these motions, but had some words for James Spears and his attorney Weingarten. But this minute order says, the court adapts its tentative ruling as follows. The motion to seal filed August 1st, 2022 by Brittany Jean Spears is granted. Great. If you're, if you're granting a motion to seal, maybe it's a little, I don't know. It could have, it could have been granted earlier. It goes from August all the way to October. Everything in this case drags on. And then it says the court gives an okay to set a motion for sanctions to be heard on December 7th, 2022 at 1.30. Rosengart is ordered to prepare the uh, order after hearing. So Rosengart gets the okay to file a motion for sanctions against James Spears and Weingarten at this October 26, 2022 hearing. And we will see that happen in a 
fit. This is a second minute order, same day. Petition for allowance of fees filed on March 26, 2021 by Sam Ingham. He's probably entitled to attorney's fees. All parties except Matthew Rosengart appear via Court Connect. I appreciate that Rosengart is still going in person. It's much more effective. He's seen that time and time again. Pursuant to the request by petitioner, the court continues the matter to the date indicated below. The court finds that additional evidence by supplemental declaration or additional documentation is required to grant the matter on calendar this date based upon a reading of the moving papers and consideration of all presented evidence. The petition for allowance of fees for Sam Ingham filed on March 26, 2021 is continued until January 11th, 2023. We have not yet seen the additional briefing on that. We will probably see that. Well, truthfully, well, we're on. Well, we're on winter break. I'm interested what else Sam Ingham will provide with the amount of money that he believes he is entitled to for his work on behalf of Brittany in 2021. I don't know why you wouldn't know that. Like, what has changed? Is there, this is a March 26, 2021 petition. What more could there be? I guess we'll see. So that will be filed or should be filed shortly. Minute order number three, the allowance of fees filed November 1st, 2021 by Yasha Bronstein. The matter is called. The court finds that Lynn Spears, Yasha Branstian have withdrawn the petition and therefore it's denied without prejudice. So those are the minute orders from October 26th. We are going to get in to what happened in November leading up to the December court date. And then we will get into the motion for sanctions that has the transcript of the October 26th hearing we were just talking about attached to it. So let's go to November. So the first motion we have in November from November 3rd, 2022 from Rosengart is a motion to essentially compel further deposition of James Spears. This also includes a whole bunch about sanctions, but because a separate motion was later filed, we're not going to duplicate the work and go over it twice. We're just going to go over that sanction motion once. But there is some interesting, well, Rosengart always has a turn of phrase for Weingarten and James Spears. So it's always interesting to see kind of the background of what happened with the deposition. Please take note that on January 11th, 2023, or as soon thereafter, uh, Brittany Jean Spears hereby moves the court for an order compelling the deposition testimony of James P. Spears pursuant to California Code of Civil Procedure. Good uh, grounds for good cause exist that he refused to answer at his August 11, 2022 deposition, and then it is redacted about what he refused to answer. So there is quite a bit of this that will be redacted that we can't go over, but at least we get a little bit about what was going on at this deposition back in August. It says, further based on Mr. Spears's disjointed, incomplete, and deficient production of documents at his August 11, 2022 deposition, Ms. Spears also respectfully requests leave to take a second day of deposition in accordance with the penal code. It then says Mr. Uh, Ms. Spears's counsel has made several good faith attempts to resolve these disputes informally, but Mr. Spears refused to agree to the relief requested, which did not include sanctions necessitating this motion. And then we get into the, the motion. The headings of this are really the previous dispute and Mr. Spears's failure to appear for deposition. The present dispute, Mr. Spears's refusal to answer questions at deposition and produce documents in a usable, reasonable format for questioning, and then the legal argument supporting 
those, including why he and counsel should be sanctioned for necessitating this motion that is separate than being sanctioned for trying to introduce sealed documents into the record by way of ex, uh, exhibits attached to a motion. So two issues there for sanctions. Courts are always so hesitant for sanctions, but we'll see. The court had words. I just like getting the transcripts. I think that Rosengard is also a snarky guy, and he just gets right into it, saying, although this court has previously given James P. Spears and his counsel the benefit of the doubt, even putting aside their bullying and harassment of Britney Spears, it is now crystal clear that they have also disrespected the court and abused the system, making a mockery of the rules and this court's expectation that they would act in good faith. I mean, they also kind of owe a duty of candor to the court under like the rules, but we've seen how the California bar handles things. It goes on to say, in addition to falsely representing to the court on January 19th, 2022, that an illicit electronic surveillance, quote, didn't happen, your honor, end quote, and falsely and absurdly claiming that those allegations were somehow planted onto the front page of the New York Times, essentially every act by Mr. Spears and his counsel since his suspension has been antithetical to their professed goal of wrapping up Ms. Spears's final, Mr. Spears's final administrative duties as a fiduciary. That's fair. The amount of litigation that has gone on post-conservatorship has been seemingly exorbitant. They say, and conclusively demonstrating that they are not entitled to another penny of Ms. Spears's money, none of their acts, namely their profligate, mean-spirited, and belligerent attacks and motion practice, was designed to benefit the estate. All the words. He's bringing all of the words. He has nothing but smoke for James Spears. By way of illustration only, Mr. Spears and his new counsel first act after the conservatorship was terminated was to file a legally meritless and morally abominable petition for payment of fees on account on December 15th, 2021. What does that mean, Emily? Payment of fees on account means that they are advanced. Yes, yes. Advanced from the conservatee, Brittany's estate. And then the rest of them are approved once the accountings come in. So it's kind of like credit. You spend it now, at least, you know, 80% of it on account, and then you get the rest of it when you submit your bills. Mm -hmm. Yep, they ask to be paid on account. Yep. Next, they chose to stonewall and obstruct discovery, even as they did so, in contravention to Mr. Spears's ongoing fiduciary obligations, they abused the process improperly trying to use these, proce uh, these proceedings to quote-unquote vindicate Mr. Spears, <laughs> paren, an obviously futile task. The shade is just sprayed all over this page. The shade isn't, the, the, it's, an, it's, a, it's a massive tree, all of the shade. We have all of the shade in this motion, all of it. <laughs> Trying to vindicate Mr. Spears, an obviously futile task. Filing no less than eight expensive, meritless motions against Britney Spears. Told you, it's a lot of litigation. But most recently, they violated court rules and orders by attaching their failed July 2022 court filing conditionally under seal, or attaching to this motion, 
Ms. Spears' private confidential medical information, thus improperly forcing Ms. Spears to file a motion to seal such records. Even though they were already under seal pursuant to court orders sought by Mr. Spears' own prior counsel before his new counsel was retained. Mr. Spears and his counsel's backdoor effort to violate his daughter's privacy by unsealing her records backfired. In granting Ms. Spears' motion to seal on October 26, the court itself observed that. Upon review of the case filed, the court notes that exhibits 2679 and 11, 2679 and 11, five exhibits were already sealed or confidential per the court's previous ruling. As these documents have already been sealed by previous court orders, it is highly inappropriate and contrary to court orders for Mr. Spears to have offered these documents in support of the July 22nd second supplemental declaration. I want to know if they were trying to embarrass Britney Spears by making heretofore un, un or heretofore sealed information unsealed because they know who's going to get it, right? Everyone. TMZ will get it. I will end up pulling it up. If it is in the public court record, it's accessible to the public. And I think what Britney Spears doesn't need is the public being more invasive into what was going on that is private and medical. The public is entitled to what Britney shares and what she chooses to share, but she shouldn't be exposed by her father and his lawyer with documents that are already under fucking seal. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. And I think when they try to embarrass Brittany, that they are also trying to force her attorney to do or not do something against James. It feels, what's the right word? Manipulative. Yeah, it feels manipulative to me. Let's go on. It says, at the undersigned's request, the court also set a hearing regarding sanctions against Mr. Spears and his counsel on December 7th and advised it would consider holding them in contempt. Well, also, I think that's an overstatement of the transcript, Rosengard. I think the court said, we're not there yet. We need you to file something. The court was, of course, correct in rebuking Mr. Spears and his counsel. But if the system is going to work, we, we're a long way from that in this conservatorship, sir. But if the system is going to work and to deter further abuses, more is required. As articulated during the October 26, 2022 hearing, Mr. Spears and his counsel have gone too far. Respectfully, the court must not accede to their gamesmanship and abuse. They should, in fact, be sanctioned at the December 7th hearing. And moreover, they should be held in contempt for violating the clear orders uh, referenced by the court above. Against this backdrop, and despite Mr. Spears's demonstrably false self-serving mantra that he had, quote, nothing to hide and therefore would, quote, unquote, hide nothing. I have nothing to hide, nothing to lose. Wait, no, this is Mr. Spears's housewife tagline. I have nothing to hide and therefore will hide nothing. Footnote one. See James P. Spears' November 1st, 2021 status report. See also November 5th, 2021 email to Mr. Spears' counsel, Alex Weingarten, and October 25th and November 2nd, 2021 letters to TriStar counsel, copies of which are annexed to the Rosengart Declaration as Exhibit 5. We don't need that much. We don't need that many exhibits for Mr. Spears having nothing to hide. We just don't. Mr. Spears, it goes on to say, made every effort 
to run and hide from his deposition and from having to account for his misconduct under oath as required by law. After more than six months of dodging his deposition and repeatedly failing to respond to requests for basic information consistent with his obligations as a fiduciary, Britney Spears was forced to move this court for orders compelling Mr. Spears to sit for deposition and produce documents. The court granted both requests. Mr. Spears always possessed firsthand knowledge regarding essential topics, including, among others, telegraphed well before the deposition, one, his apparent and actual conflicts of interest in violation of California law governing conservatorships, resulting from his hiring TriStar while he owed TriStar or its founder, Lou Taylor, at least $40,000. You know what I had forgotten about? I had forgotten how quickly Britney Spears' former business manager was yeeted. All of the news reports I found going back now from that time indicate that the former business manager, and this was before the conservatorship was permanent, during the temporary conservatorship, the former business manager was yeeted for letting Britney drive her car. Yeah. And that allowed for TriStar to come in. Just, yep. So it talks about the conflict of James Spears owing TriStar $40,000 and then sending his daughter on a grueling worldwide tour from which both he and TriStar profited. Item two, payments he authorized to TriStar and other third parties, including the payment for Luke Taylor's legal fees. We covered that. It feels like a million years ago, but it was only in 2020. Britney Spears's estate paid for Lou Taylor's legal fees for her to sue a website that she didn't like was saying about her and send cease and desist, et cetera, et cetera. And 500,000 of payments to TriStar referenced in the 12th accounting objections in breach of his fiduciary obligations. It goes on to say the contemptuous monitoring of electronic communications, including attorney-client privilege communications between Britney Spears and her prior counsel, Sam Ingham, the bugging of Ms. Spears' home as alleged by Black Box Whistleblower, reported in the New York Times and corroborated by physical evidence and former FBI special agent uh, Abadi footnote two, which says, Ms. Abadi's January 4th, 2022 declaration summarized the potential violations of federal law that these actions may implicate. Question is, why hasn't anyone done anything about them yet? Mr. Spears himself placed these topics directly at issue when he filed his ill-advised December 15th, 2021 petition for fees on account because both common sense and law dictate that a suspended conservator whose misconduct is at issue cannot get fees on account. He also placed them at issue when, in response to Ms. Spears' counsel's reference during the January 19th, 2022 hearing to the conservatorship's illicit surveillance operation, reported by the Times, Mr. Spears' counsel unequivocally and without reservation represented to the court it didn't happen, Your Honor. As Mr. Spears' counsel well knew, the evidence at the time was overwhelmingly demonstrated that it did happen. And then we get into a whole bunch of redactions. We have a lot more words regarding the recording in uh, Brittany's bedroom and monitoring of her communications. And then they talk about all the different parts at the deposition where Mr. Spears would not answer. Most of it is redacted. In one part, it says, this is just the first layer of Mr. Spears's August 11th, 2022 deposition. Also directly relevant to Mr. Spears's petition are questions regarding redacted. These issues are the cornerstone of Mr. Spears's petition as he 
as he grounded his request to have his daughter pay his legal fee on top of the many millions already paid on the representation that he would otherwise be financially ruined and face bankruptcy again. And that is C-1215-2021 petition for fees. It goes on to say there is no basis for an instruction not to answer, no relevance privilege. And then it goes on listing why James Spears is supposed to be answering these questions at deposition. It then says, indeed, Mr. Spears conceded the point 11 days after his deposition when he repeated demands from this firm, his counsel finally reproduced the text messages in a more intelligent uh, format, which include, and then it's redacted, but it goes on to say that James Spears did produce some text messages, but less than 3,000 of them. So it says, or they believe, that James Spears has only produced a small fraction of total communications and should be ordered to produce more. This motion continues to go through the discovery dispute and in conclusion says the court should compel Mr. Spears to sit for a second deposition to answer questions he was erroneously instructed by his counsel not to answer. So asking the court to rule on those evidentiary objections or, you know, whatever it is, he said he couldn't answer because of this court. We want you to rule that he must answer because as a fiduciary, he doesn't have a lot of those um, objections available to him. It goes on to say to answer questions concerning the documents referenced and to produce all responsive documents, including text messages, Mr. Spears and his counsel should also be ordered to ensure that all password locked documents they produce are made accessible before the deposition. Finally, the court should sanction Mr. Spears and his counsel an amount of $10,000 as a result of Mr. Spears' discovery abuses, which have spanned many months. So they are asking for sanctions for discovery abuses, sanctions for violating the court's order um, that documents were to be sealed. And then there is an additional motion for sanctions, which guess what? It's what we're going to talk about right now. So we are now at the November 10th motion for sanctions against James Spears and his counsel. They noticed this for hearing on December 7th. Interestingly, the other motion was noticed for January 11th. Um, Everything like nothing has been resolved. It's we will continue on with that. Um, this motion for sanctions specifically regards the filing of sealed documents. The other request for sanction is for discovery abuses and for um for the discovery abuses. So there are two kind of two topics here with sanctions. In this motion, they summarize the background as the filing of the the filing of the documents that were sealed as an exhibit to the motion that we previously discussed. They said that these actions undertaken undertaken in an evident effort to violate Ms. Spears's constitutional, statutory, and common law privacy rights by disclosing her private, confidential HIPAA and CMIA protected medical records and other material to embarrass and intimidate her. Hey. It's what I thought. Emily, you should have read all of these. <laughs> it just seems like the natural argument that you're going to make. We're not only inexcusable in the first instance when filed July 20, 2022, but they also improperly forced Ms. Spears to file her August 1st, 2022 motion to seal, which for reasons set forth in our August 1st and, August, and October 19th filings should have never been required. 
but were necessitated by Mr. Spears's July 22nd and October 13th filings. Monetary sanctions in the amount of $20,000 should be imposed. That represents reasonable expenses incurred as a result of their conduct and necessary and appropriate under Section 128.5. So they are asking for $20,000 later in this motion because um, I looked at the exhibits and Rosengart's declaration. They talk about the rate and that this is a bit less of the rate. This motion largely repeats a lot of what the other motion said, that these are expensive, that they are an attempt to vindicate James Spears, a futile task given his record as conservator. I mean, the shade is still sprinkled within all, um, but it goes through again why these motions didn't need to be filed, why they are why they are expensive, why they are inappropriate. And it again talks at length about the communications and at length about the lawyer saying it didn't happen in court. And that's really the heart of this motion. They talk about the duty of candor to the court, et cetera, et cetera. So this is not a super long motion. What's what's more extensive in this is Rosengart's declaration. And it's going to be one of these two motions that we saw the footnote from the responsive document earlier talking about these, you know, the recording is irrelevant. Why are we still harping on about the recording? Because you can't really sue over it. Your statute of limitations has passed. Let's take a look at Rosengard's declaration um, as he lays forth what exhibits are in here. And then we're going to go look at the transcript from the court hearing. So because this is a motion for sanction, Rosengard put, puts in a little bit of his own background and how much the attorneys at his firm make to, to kind of validate the amount that they're seeking. Like, this is how much we get paid. This is how much time we spent. And it goes through the motions that were filed and when, starting with the um, October 22nd, 2022 court date, I in, attended and indicated and asked for the leave to file the motion for sanctions, graduated from Boston College Law School in 1987 and goes through uh, his resume goes through the resume of the other lawyers in the firm. Uh, Rosengard's billable rate is $1,260 an hour, which is consistent with prevailing market rates. And that will go based on his experience, uh, length of an attorney, and then the things that he has done. Uh, he talks about his awards. I have been listed in Best Lawyers of America and named one of the industry's leading entertainment litigators by Variety and The Hollywood Reporter in their annual Legal Impact and Power Lawyer Reports. I had no idea those things existed. He was a Law 360 MVP. I, I did see that. Served as an adjunct professor, professor at Fordham uh, Law School in New York, teaching criminal procedure, grand jury law and practice. I mean, what prosecutors do when they go work as adjuncts is talk about criminal procedure. It's just facts. So it talks about his billable rate. Um, talks about the hourly rate charged by Weingarten, which is $1,200 an hour. Look, you're not getting as much SAS for that $1,200 an hour. You're getting more SAS for the twelve six. That extra 60 bucks an hour is where the SAS is coming in, I think. I think that's what it is. Um, they talk about the rates for Weingarten in context. They talk about the firm, the fact that Rosengart spent more than five hours uh, relating to Ms. Spears' July 2022 filing and the other filings that other members of the firm who do not charge quite as much at $9.90 an hour, also spent time how much they spent and going through all the different associates and their billable rates and their time spent. It says, though, the fees incurred in relation to the MTS exceeded $22,000. Movement requests 
the sanction to be reduced to $20,000. And stating that that's appropriate based on everybody's experience and skill. Let's take a look at what happened on October 26th, audio audience, where you're going to the court transcript. I will try to make clear when I am reading as the different individuals without also trying to voice act this, because that's just going to be a mess. So it starts with the court saying that the only thing on calendar is the motion that all other matters are on another court date. This is regarding Britney Spears' private confidential information. The court's going to give their tentative. So this is directly quoting, the court has the authority to grant a motion to seal unless confidentiality is required by law. And then the court goes through all of the law that grants the court the ability to do the thing that they're going to do. And then says, through the present motion, Ms. Spears asserts that exhibits number one through 21 to the second supplemental declaration in support of Spears' motion to compel the deposition should be permanently placed sealed. Ms. Spears asserts that the records should be sealed in full permanent, in full permanently as the records contain confidential sensitive medical information that requires protection from public disclosure. In its section on applicability of the rules related to proposed ceilings, Rule 2.550 states that these rules do not apply to discovery motions and recordings filed or lodged in connection with discovery proceedings, and that's California Rule of Court 2.55A3. In addition, these rules do not apply to records that are required to be kept confidential by law. While Mr. Spears asserts that Ms. Spears failed to meet the legal standard for the exhibits to be sealed, Oh, yes, you heard that right. The court is saying that Yeeted Spears was arguing that Britney didn't do enough to seal her medical records. The court then says Mr. Spears has failed to demonstrate the applicability of the exception 2.550 as the second supplemental declaration relates to a discovery motion. The present motion to seal relates to the second supplemental declaration of Mr. Weingarten in support of Ms. Spears' motion to compel deposition. The court notes that the underlying motion is a discovery motion, which is explicitly inapplicable. Per the clear language of the rule, the rules of the court related to sealed record does not apply to discovery disputes or records filed or lodged in connection with discovery disputes. The court goes on to say, further upon review of the case file, the court notes that the exhibits 2, 6, 7, 9, and 11 were already ordered sealed or confidential per the court's previous ruling. As these documents have already been sealed by previous court orders, it is highly inappropriate and contrary to the court orders for Mr. Spears to offer these documents in support of the second supplemental declaration. And if any of you are wondering why the court is saying for Mr. Spears to offer, they don't talk this through the lawyers. So they're not saying Mr. Weingarten. The court is talking this through the parties. So Mr. Spears did this, Ms. Spears did this. It's really their lawyers. It's really their lawyers. So it's not really them, but that's why the court addresses it this way. So just for those of you that have never had the pleasure of, of being in court, this this is why. In criminal court, it will happen a little more that the attorneys are named and not the parties, but civil. We're in civil court. Well, probate court, technically, but branch of civil, you know what I mean. Let's continue on. It is highly inappropriate and contrary to the court orders for Mr. Spears to offer these documents. Yes, yes, I've found my place again. In addition, it goes on, the exhibits in question were marked confidential, just in case you weren't clear, and are subject to the party's stipulated protective order regarding confidential exhibits filed on September 15th, 2022. 
The parties have already stipulated that the documents subject to the protective order do not require any further sealing order. Mr. Spears and his counsel failed to provide any explanation as to their decision to file previously sealed documents or to oppose the present motion in light of the party's stipulated protective order. In addition, upon review of the exhibits in question, the court notes that the documents relate to Ms. Spears' confidential medical records and other sensitive private affairs. These documents in question require protection from public disclosure as the attached exhibits concern highly confidential and sensitive information relating to Ms. Spears. The parties have already stipulated that the documents that are marked confidential are subject to the stipulated protective order and that no further sealing order is required to keep the documents filed under seal. As the overriding interest supports sealing the record, the court is going to then seal it. So the court talks about establishing the record, why the exception doesn't exist, how the sealing order came to be. The court then says, accordingly, the court shall evaluate each of the following five factors in turn to determine whether sealing the record relating to Exhibit 1 through 21 of the second supplemental declaration is proper, and then goes through them and finds that the overriding interest in maintaining privacy exists. Her rights will be jeopardized if these aren't sealed, that even unredacted portions are too, are highly confidential. And then we get to the very end of the court's reasoning, and the court says, accordingly, the court grants the motion to seal. So I'm happy to hear argument at this time. That was the court's tentative ruling. All of the reasoning. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is what the law says. These are the factors I have to weigh. This is why I find that all of this highly confidential, sensitive information should be kept, you know, confidential. Weingarten says, hi, this is Alex Weingarten, Your Honor. I'll submit on the tentative. No argument is necessary. Thank you. The court says, thank you. Rosengart, Your Honor, very briefly, um, maybe it's not just me. Maybe it's prosecutors. But whenever he says very briefly, it's not. Your Honor, very briefly, we, of course, agree with the tentative. Oh, yes. And I just want to focus the court on a couple of issues for the record. And I will be brief, Your Honor. Uh-huh, you've said it twice. Rosengart says, we should not have had to come here today. Shit, this isn't going to be brief at all. This isn't going to be brief at all. The court's time should not have had to have been wasted on this motion. Tell me more about why you're pissed off that you're there. They should never have submitted these documents on July 22nd in connection with their failed motion to compel Britney Spears' deposition. We believe, Your Honor, it was inappropriate. To use the court's words, quite, wait, to use the court's words, quote, highly inappropriate, end quote. He is arguing not to a court. These are jury arguments. When he is like, Your Honor, it's highly inappropriate. Though I'm sure there's also media in the courtroom and this becomes the headline, highly inappropriate. I don't know if I saw any of those headlines after the October 26th hearing. I don't know if anybody was even there. But he's definitely making that point. The transcript goes on to say, for them to have done that, particularly given that a substantial portion of the exhibits at issue were already under seal pursuant to court order, by the way, at the time. This is the transcript, not me. <laughs> He's sidebarring himself. He's just having an aside. He says, by the way, at the time, pursuant to the request of Mr. Spears, who back then did the right thing through his prior counsel seeking that the records be sealed, it was bad enough, Your Honor, that they submitted these exhibits on July 22nd, which were irrelevant. Not only were they under seal, they were irrelevant to the motion at hand, which had to do with Ms. Spears' deposition. It was bad enough that they did it then, but then what happened? 
We were forced to spend the time and money filing our August 1st motion to seal because they improperly shifted the burden to Britney Spears, which never should have happened. He wrote this in all of his filings and is now just going on for pages in court. It continues saying, at that point, the motion to compel filed by Mr. Weingarten and his law firm, Wilkie Farr, had already been denied, but we nevertheless had to file the motion to set a hearing date and undergo the burden of substantial expense. But it gets worse, Your Honor, because their opposition, which was filed only a couple of weeks ago, never should have been filed. Yeah, they opposed. They opposed. They opposed. That would have been the time for them to have at least done the right thing and acknowledge that their motion to compel Britney Spears' deposition had been denied, and therefore the original purpose of attaching the exhibit, highly inappropriate as it was, was moot. It was moot, Your Honor. But what did they do? They put it in an opposition that attacked me personally. They forced us to file a reply brief and then forced all of us to come to court here today for no legitimate good faith purpose. It goes on to say their purpose, contrary to the law, was to try to embarrass Britney Spears, to try to bully Britney Spears while trying to, quote, vindicate James Spears. Of course, there is no document under seal, outside of seal, anywhere that could ever vindicate Britney Spears. And then the court reporter wrote sick because I think the court reporter knew what he meant to say was James Spears, that there's no document under seal, outside of seal, or anywhere that could ever vindicate him. But it seems that the reporter is saying, no, no, he misspoke in court, just noted. It then goes on to say, so I asked the court, Your Honor, that this is a court of justice and a court of equity, to ask opposing counsel, what basis did he have for filing them in the first place? But assuming that was excusable, why did he oppose this motion? For what purpose did he oppose it? And what good faith purpose was there for that? I'm not being rhetorical, Your Honor. I believe the court should ask that question. I believe the court should admonish opposing counsel who is not being candid with the court beginning on January 19th when he told the court that the bugging didn't happen, Your Honor. He is using the court for improper purposes. He is using this court to try to vindicate Mr. Spears, which could never happen in any court or any form. This has turned into an Alice in Wonderland proceeding, Your Honor. He's not done. He even tried to argue last week that the issue of electronic surveillance, as summarized in Ms. Abadi's declaration, was not relevant, even though the court already ruled in connection with the TriStar motion to quash that it was relevant. And this is something the court should be very, very interested in as a court of justice and as a court of equity. So for all of these reasons, Your Honor, remember what he said he was going to be brief three pages ago, four pages ago? We're not done yet. So for all of these reasons, Your Honor, and we're happy to brief the issue, oh, oh, please don't. We believe that in order to show cause should issue as to why Mr. Weingarten and his law firm should not be held in contempt for violating the court orders sealing a good portion of these records. Keep in mind that he said an order to show cause because that's what's on the, um, the newer minute orders when we look at the OSCs that got put over. Because guess what? They haven't been ruled on yet. He's not done yet. He goes on to say, moreover, Your Honor, and finally, and I skipped some because it was talking about the exact exhibit numbers for the third time. Moreover, Your Honor, and finally, the court should sanction, and I'm reluctant to ask for this. You've asked for it in multiple filings. But I think at this point, it's inevitable and inexorable. The court should sanction Wilkie Farr and James Spears pursuant to California Code of Civil Procedure 128.5 for frivolously opposing our motion and forcing us to file the motion in the first place. All the sanctions. 
We believe sanctions in this instance are well within the court's discretion under that section and the court's inherent inherent power, as well as the code. Stick to the code. We're happy to brief the issue, but we think two things must happen. The order to show cause as to why they should not be held in contempt should issue, and sanctions should issue. He says, thank you, Your Honor. The court says, thank you, counsel. Mr. Weingarten, do you have anything you wanted to say? Mr. Weingarten, no, Your Honor. None of that had anything to do with the matter that's in front of the court. It was an unnecessary speech. I'm happy to address anything the court wants me to address. But as I said, I submit on the tentative. The court says, okay, yes, I understand it wasn't in the motion, counsel. But I just didn't know if you wanted to say anything in response to the issue about why you filed the opposition. Mr. Weingarten, does the court want me to address that? It's like when you're a kid and you're in trouble and you're like, do I have to? That's what this feels like to me. Does the court want me to address that? And the court says, well, I'm asking if you want to. And then Weingarten says, I don't feel I need to respond to the speech that counsel just gave. It has nothing to do with the matter before the court right now. Where do you want to go to dinner? I don't know. Where do you want to go to dinner? Well, I asked you where you wanted to go to dinner. Yeah, yeah. But if if I pick, then you're just going to say you don't want to go there. Your Honor, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm disinclined to acquiesce to the court's request. I'm not going to answer that. Yep, that's what happened. The court says, okay, so Mr. Rosengard, if you're seeking to have sanctions, you need to file a motion because the parties need to have notice and an opportunity to be heard. Rosengard says, we can ask for an okay to set then. And that's December 7th. The court said, okay, so counsel, let's go ahead and start with the motion for sanctions if you want to get an okay to set. And then they set the date for December 7th. Rosengart gives him the okay to set that day. Your Honor, on the order to show cause, again, exhibits two, six, seven, and nine were already ordered sealed or deemed confidential as part of the court's records. Mr. Spears was obligated to submit them under seal consistent with the prior orders. He violated those orders by engaging in the gamesmanship that we've seen here. So we asked the court order to show cause as to why they should not be held in contempt issue today. The court, so counsel, I'll give it some thought, but I'm not going to issue it today but I will give it some thought and I'll see whether or not there may be some other remedies that might be sufficient or not, okay? So we can discuss that in December. And then the court put over the order to show cause. So the court is pending an order to show cause with regard to this and pending a motion for sanctions with regard to this because a motion for sanctions has now been filed. So finally getting to minute orders, in November, the minute orders took all of the things that were pending and moved them forward in time. So let's go through those real quick and then we'll get to the December ones and then we are done. So in November, the court set all of the accounting hearings and what have you for that December 7th date. And some of them had been set for December 2nd and then all of those were rescheduled to December 7th instead of December 2nd. And now we are getting into the December 7th minute orders. So if that was awkward, apologies. I'm trying to keep it more concise, but it's just, it's just a no. It's a no. It's a look, your honor, we're being concise. Not December 7th, 2022 minute order accounting conservatorship guardianship filed April 6th, 
2020. The 12th accounting. (sighs) The court continues the matter for the parties to engage in discovery. This court also gives an okay to set fee petition by Wright Kim Douglas slash Jody Montgomery to be heard on May 10th, 2023 at 1.30. The court sets a file by date for the petition to be not later than March 7th. The accounting conservatorship filed by James Spears is continued to Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. So even though the court has indicated there may be a trial, that trial is not going to be May 10th. May 10th is going to be a status date to see where they're at with discovery and if they're still fighting with each other over depositions. Next minute order. Petition allowance of fees filed December 15th, 2021 by James Spears. There are two. You're going to hear me go over two of these. One from December, one from March. This is December 15th, 2021. The court gives the okay to set a fee petition. This petition filed December 15th, 2021 is continued until May 10th. 2023. Allowance for fees petition filed by on March 26th, 2021 by James Spears. It's getting continued to when? Wednesday, May 10th, 2023, 1.30. So all of the fees, the 12th accounting and the fee petitions by James Spears are getting pushed over until May 10th, 2023. The next matter that's up is allowance for fees. Nope, I already did that one. It's duplicative. The the LA County filing system, by the way, is exhausting. Um, And the minute orders are just listed as minute order, and sometimes they're duplicates. This is on an order to show cause. The order to show cause that we were just talking about is continued to Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. And I think the court, because there are two of these that issued swooped in all of the uh, all of the sanctions motions as well into moving things over to May 10th, 2023. What we don't have yet from this December hearing, though, what we don't have from the December 7th hearing, though, is updated probate notes to show what the court is all anticipating to be on that March 10th date or the May 10th date. And then there are still the fees that are pending for Sam Ingham. So there is quite a lot still outstanding. So the things that I have been tracking in this conservatorship are James Spears's two motions for attorney's fees. Those have gone over to May. The 12th accounting, that has gone over to May. The TriStar motion to quash was granted in some parts, but then um, the depositions are still moving forward. So there were some evidentiary things that were quashed, but those depositions are still moving forward. Then we have the fee petition by Lynn Spears that was withdrawn, so that is done. And then we had a James Spears motion to strike the Abadi Declaration and a few other things, and that was denied. So those are the only things actually resolved. So money, 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 money is what we are still fighting over in this conservatorship. And the court indicated during the hearing in December that this the concern is how long this will take but it looks like this 12th accounting might have to go to trial. Yes, trial. Evidentiary trial. To determine what the conservatorship should pay, if that's the case, I don't think we will see it go to trial before the end of 2024. I would be stunned if it went to trial in 2023. 
with the amount of discovery that they are still fighting over and knowing how far out trials are already getting set in LA County, this could possibly be going well through 2024 if this has to go to trial. And it will not be this judge hearing it if it does go to trial, which I guess is good news for those of you that aren't fans of Judge Penny. This would go to a different judge for trial. And instead of just being held at 1.30 on, it would be held for full days. But I can only imagine what we will learn if this 12th accounting goes to trial. It's going to be a lot. So in May, we will find out how much further this is going to get kicked down the road with discovery issues. We will. I don't think we will see much else between now and then other than the few things that are set on calendar in January. But not a lot is going to be happening in this conservatorship uh, kind of front of house. A lot of things are going to be going on in the background with Discovery. And if the wheels fall off, we'll see more snappy motions. So that's where we're at. And with that, thank you for hanging with me for this update and what's going on with Britney Spears. We've got a few more updates to round out the rest of the year. I hope you are having a good one uh, this holiday season. I, it's it's always weird. Look, it gets dark early. There's a lot of expectations and pressure. It's okay to just take the time that you need for yourself and do it the way you want to do it. If nobody's told you that, I'm telling you that. It's okay to do it the way you want to do it. So with that, raise a glass. Yes, it's a different color Stanley mug. No, I will accept no Stanley slander. <laughs> raise a glass and let's let's say it together, shall we? We shall. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your holidays be delightful. May your, there was one I'm forgetting. <laughs> May your families be well. Look, man, even if you're not getting COVID, there's a lot going on this season, a lot of respiratory stuff going on. So stay healthy and may the odds be ever in your favor. Thank you for being a law nerd. I will talk to you in the next one.